Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Welcome, Marvel fans, to episode two of Marvel Cast, a Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast by the fans and for the fans. Each week, we'll discuss the latest news regarding the MCU, followed by a review and discussion of the latest release content in this ever-expanding multiverse. Our audience is a key component to our show, and we'll wrap each week by answering Marvel-related questions, your Marvel-related questions. I'm your host, JG, and I'm joined today with my co-host, Steven. Steven, how are you? JG, it's great to be back. I feel like we just recorded a few days ago because we did just record a few days ago. <laughs> I know setting up this new podcast and getting everything up and running, these two episodes might drop around the same time, but we're excited to have some news and some new uh, speculation to talk about this week. Yeah, I'm excited. Like we said, Marvel is in such a good place and there's always something to talk about, even in what we would consider a light news week. It's still, there's so much to talk about. Yeah, and so going into this week's news, well, a few days news, I guess. The other day, the new poster had dropped for Venom, Let There Be Carnage. And the key thing about the poster is that it confirmed that it is releasing on October 15th. There had been some several news sites, we won't call anyone out, who was saying that the movie was officially being postponed to January. Uh, however, according to this official poster, it looks like October uh, 15th is still the release date, which is a good sign for Spider-Man. Uh, are you excited for this movie, Steven? Uh, about the release date? Thoughts? Yeah, I was afraid it was going to get pushed back from the rumors that were circulating. I'm excited for another Marvel film. And, you know, the reason we're talking about this is because this podcast is really designed for the whole Marvel multiverse. With what's happened lately in Loki, with, with what's coming up, as we know, next year with a couple films, really, this is going to be... I think anything that has the Marvel brand on it, whether it's comics, TV shows, movies, I think that's going to tie in with this multiverse in some way or another. So I'm really excited to see where this Sony's Spider-Man, um, you know, their own versions of the films go and where we're going to see some maybe crossovers. We saw in the Morbius trailer that, you know, Michael Keaton's going to pop up as Vulture, it looks like. So I'm excited to go in with this with maybe some hopes of some cameos that might pop in. I haven't seen the first Venom since theaters. So I'm looking for, I'm going to rewatch it. I'm actually in the process of rewatching all the non MCU films just to kind of get ready for the Marvel, the multiverse in general. But um, I'm excited that the movie's still on schedule to come out. The poster looks good. I mean, it's kind of our generic with our cast on it, but I think it kind of shows who our main players are going to be. Um, his girlfriend in the first movie from the trailer, she really wasn't in the trailer a whole lot. So I'm wondering if she's going to have a lot smaller role. I think just with the title, let there be carnage. That's going to be the focus. I think, it's going to be almost like a 50-50 film between Venom and Carnage from what I'm thinking. What about you? Yeah, so uh, confession. I have actually have not seen the original Venom. So I think this will be a great time and, uh, you know, starting this podcast, you know, it's such a wonderful time to, you know, hop into it. And with the uh, multiverse exploding, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I, I did watch the, uh, I think I've watched all the trailers, you know, for the original and for this one. Uh, I just have not sat down to watch it uh it does look interesting and i think uh the fact that they are putting in actual mcu characters uh like you said with vulture and the morbius i think definitely there could be some other mcu characters popping up so it makes me definitely more excited to watch that and it looks like um if my schedule is correct october 6th we'll see the end of what if 
And I don't think Hawkeye will pick up right there yet. So I think that'd be a good time. Maybe right after what if ends, we could do a discussion on the first Venom and give you a chance to, from someone that hasn't seen it before to give their opinions. Um, that might be something we could plan right before leading into the release of Venom. Let there be carnage. I think that'd be definitely a perfect time. And with it being spooky season. Yeah. We sh- Venom. Man, and going with a little bit more calmer vibe, I guess. Tiana Paris teased the Marvels and really had a really interesting quote. It's not much, but she appeared on Late Night with Seth Meyers promoting Candyman. In London, I'm having an amazing time filming the Marvels and it's going to be pretty epic. I mean, that's pretty much as generic as you can get, but I wanted to throw it in here because I'm pretty excited to see what they're doing with the Marvels. In a way, it's a, it's one of our few team-ups that we're going to have uh, before you know the eventual new Avengers, whenever we get to that. Uh, how are you feeling about the Marvels? I mean, just the idea that we know something else, even though a movie's coming out tomorrow, the fact that the Marvel machine is never stopping. They've got movies in pre-production and post-production 24-7 almost, it seems. So to hear her comments here that they're having a great time, it's going to be epic. I mean, let's think about it. This is a sequel to Captain Marvel. It's a sequel to Monica's story from WandaVision. It's going to be a sequel to the Miss Marvel storyline that we're going to see later this year or early next year. It's going to pick up where we last saw Nick Fury at the end of Spider-Man Far From Home. I've heard he's in the movie. And who knows who else will be in it? I think I think they made a smart decision instead of just making it Captain Marvel 2 to really build upon her supporting cast from the comics to really build up this idea that, you know, these strong, powerful female leads and such a diverse cast as well. And I think it's really going to look great when this comes out. I think, when, let me see, when's this one scheduled for? This one's for November 11th. So next, just over a year from now, 2022. I think, you know, they're right on schedule. Hopefully no other COVID delays. I'd love to see the movies kind of stick to the schedule as much as possible, but I can't wait to see. And hopefully soon we'll start to get some set pictures and start to learn more about the story. I'm guessing it's going to be in space. The last time we saw Monica Rambeau in that movie theater, in the post credit scene of WandaVision, she got beamed up to space to meet up with Nick Fury. He's already up there. Um, Captain Marvel's already up there. So the only wild card will be is if Miss Marvel ends up there at the end of her show. What are you excited to see with this new movie? Yeah, I think I'm just excited to see these three because like we're gonna get Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel, and Monica. And I think it's gonna be so interesting to see these separate stories clash together and I think they're all going to be coming from different places. And like, we know that there's some sort of tension with Monica and Captain Marvel, as we saw in WandaVision, like they do not seem like they're on the best of terms from, from Monica's perspective, at least. Uh, I'm really curious though, how this works with secret invasion because secret invasion is coming in 2022. Um, It's what's being reported at this point. Um, So more than likely, uh, looking at probability, it's going to end up before the Marvels. So I have a feeling that you know, we'll hop from uh, Cap, not Captain Marvel, uh, Miss Marvel, uh, and then lead into Secret Invasion, leading into the Marvels. Uh, so I'm really curious to see how those all tie together. Do you think, a couple questions to pick up where you left off, because I liked what you said. Do you think it's possibly that Monica is upset that maybe Carol Danvers, her mom's BFF, was not there as her mom died during this whole snap and everything, and maybe she blames her for that? I think and, that's um, no, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, I think it's definitely a huge factor. I think um, I don't think we're far from over from exploring the aftermath of the blip and the emotional trauma that it left on the survivors. I'm also really glad that WandaVision took the time to give Monica her origin story to show how she gets her powers. And it really makes it compelling. And in between that and 
um, Miss Marvel and Secret Invasion. Like these that goes with what I said on the first episode. These shows are can't miss because they are just as important to the films. They're progressing the story. So instead of just waiting for these characters to progress every two to three years in a film, we're getting to see them progress yearly. And that's awesome. Um, the last thing I wanted to bring up with you was, do you think, you know, if the secret invasion maybe leads right into the Marvels, could we see maybe other characters like Talos or maybe Amelia Clark's character pop up in the film and like this cast is just going to keep blossoming? What do you think? I mean, we look at each project and it just you look at it and there's just star after star after star cameo after cameo. Like it would not surprise me. And it really did seem like Amelia Clark was super excited. Um, so that could be, have some potential for the future, depending on what her character is. Uh, I feel like there could be a cost though. So, I mean, I don't know if Talos makes it out of secret evasion. I don't know. I just get the, the vibe with that major storyline that it seems right for a sacrifice of some sort to be made by Talos. Um, that's just the vibe I get. I don't really have anything to base it off of. Uh, but I mean, more Amelia Clark? Yes, please. <laughs> Speaking of sacrifices, I mean, let's think. Nick Fury has been there since the very beginning, 2008 Iron Man. And I was surprised he survived all throughout Infinity War after, you know, he got dusted and came back. We, we've heard rumors he's going to be in the Marvels. Would that maybe be an appropriate send off at some point? Like he's not going to be around forever. Or yeah. do you think he's going to keep playing, being that character that pops up you know, in the background, not as a major role going forward. Man, if they if they kill Fury, <laughs> I'm not gonna be happy. I want to have Fury meet. Uh, what's her name? the The lady who's organizing the the villains right now. Val. Um, yes, Julia Dreyfus. Yeah. Yes, the uh, whatever her comic. She's apparently a comic book character. Uh, but <laughs> I want to see those two meet up before before. He, he can have his send off at some point. Okay. I, I can let him go, but let him meet Val. Like they are definitely like mirroring each other. Like, cause she's doing like what was happening in the beginning of like phase one. She's assembling her own like dark Avengers or whatever the team is called. Uh, and I, to see those two and like, it just gives me, uh, it, whenever we met her, it gave me Missy vibes. And so I would love to see kind of like that Missy doctor, but on this side it's Fury and uh, Val. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> I do wonder, like, imagine if Fury comes out, like, out of retirement almost and to try to put together the next version of whatever the Avengers is going to look like and you have her version versus his. That It doesn't need to be a movie. It could be a, a Disney Plus show, but that's a story I'd like to see is, you know, two of these very uh, manipulative, interesting characters putting together their own spin on a team. Definitely. So we are all very excited for that. Uh, but what's even more exciting is that we have a new MCU film coming out in two days uh, from this recording. Uh, and interestingly enough, one of the producers, uh, Jonathan Schwartz, had a conversation with The Direct, uh, which is a site that reports on entertainment news. And he said, in talking about specifically the design of the Ten Rings, he said, you know, it may have been a little bit of that, but I think it maybe just there was a little bit of we sort of felt like the finger rings, which is originally what they are in the comics, uh, were going to look a little goofy in practice and a little bit of leaning into the genre elements. How do we make that come together? And so one day we were watching a movie in the writer's room, me, Destin, and Dave, called The 36th Chamber of Shaolin, which I have not seen, uh, which starts with kung fu training montage using many weapons of which had a hungar iron rings. I hope I pronounced that correctly, which are traditional kung fu weapons. You may remember them from the kung fu hustle where they are prominent. They looked at those rings and said, we should just do these for the rings. And he was 100% right. It was unique. So cool. It felt like the sort of right thing to snap the movie into focus. 
what are your thoughts about this? Like in the fact that in the article also goes into talking about more that they wanted to kind of get away from the, the, the fingers because it kind of reminded them of the infinity gauntlet. And so they wanted something that to separate it from the design. And so while this is maybe not a big thing, maybe for some comic book fans, it is, what are your thoughts? Yeah. From my understanding, I think the 10 rings in the comics that go on the fingers each kind of have their own unique power. And I don't know if the movie is going to include 10 different powers in there or if that's not going to be fit into the film. But either way, the fact that it has a different look to it and, you know, every time I watch that trailer and I see when the Mandarin kind of, uh, you know, pushes out his arms and they kind of come down the left and the right arm, I think that looks such a like a cool design element that I think like they're almost hovering there over his arms and his uh, muscles. And I think that's going to make this character really stand out. And I can't wait to see like how he uses them. They're not just going to stay right there. You know, he's going to be using them to throw them around and destroy everything in his path. And so I think that they made a smart decision and made this weapon, this tool for the Mandarin look very different and have a different feel to it than what we've seen with Thanos over the past couple of years. What do you think? Like based on what we've seen in the trailer so far, how this look is going to impact this character and this story. Yeah, I think it's going to give it its own its own flavor, its own uniqueness to it, make it stand out on its own. Because I think you can see that resemblance and like the power of like it being on the hands and such. I'm really just curious to see how this is going to work. I know next to nothing about this. I've watched the trailers. I've gotten hyped. Um, and so I think the unfamiliarity for me is just going to be so exciting. Because, you know, going into like Black Widow, I was like, okay, this is going to be like a very espionage, Cold War. You know, I kind of know what I'm getting. Uh, but this, I just, I, I know nothing. And it's really refreshing, especially coming from like, you know, seeing movies where like, you know, trailers can spoil a lot. And, you know, even other movies have books and comics and such to reference it. Um, but having this just sense of unknowing is so exciting. Yep, hopefully we'll find out soon. I'm going tomorrow for the Thursday premiere and you said you're going Friday. Yes. So I think we mentioned before next episode, which will be next week on hopefully recording it on September 8th, you and I can do our spoiler free review for the people that haven't seen it yet. And then by the next week, the 15th, we can dive in and do a full discussion about Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Correct. But the good thing for us is that we do actually have something to review this week. Uh, what if dropped its third episode? What if Doctor Strange lost his heart instead of his hands? And so we are going to now talk about that episode. So if you haven't uh, watched it yet, I just going to tell you, stop this episode right now. Pause it. Come back. Watch that episode first uh, because we're going to spoil it. It's, it's so good. Like, seriously, watch it. So, Steven. What are your initial thoughts? Just just general thoughts about this episode. Did you like it? Is this is this maybe something on the bottom for you? What are your overall thoughts about this one? You know, maybe it's just because it's so fresh in my mind from watching it today. But I feel like each week I keep saying this, it gets better and better. And the fact that this is episode four and we're, you know, we're close to the halfway point of the season where we still have a couple more plots that we've seen in the trailers. But just the fact that, you know, Doctor Strange, who we know is going to play a big role, as we've seen in the trailer and we talked about in our first episode in Spider-Man No Way Home, and then three months later in his, in his sequel film, this is someone, a character that makes sense, I think, the most with time travel, with alternate realities. So whereas the first three episodes, they were very good, this one is like, oh, I can't, and like, I know we're going to talk about it, but when he broke that fourth wall to talk to the Watcher, like, that's what I've been waiting for. This show finally, I think, bumped up a level in the fact that 
it even added more relevance and more importance. Like what stood out to you the most from seeing Dr. Strange and the awesome work of Benedict Cumberbatch in this episode playing two characters? Yeah, I, I think it was the, the depth that they went. Like they took this and went to new levels. And it just shows once again that animation can tell very adult, dark, gripping stories. And I love... And I loved it. It was so emotional. It was so well written. It was probably one of the best written things I've watched this year. Um, I was just so the performances, the music, just everything. It, it was incredible. Like you said, like it keeps getting better and better each week. Uh, I think this one tops Guardians for me, which says a lot. Uh, I just I really enjoyed, and I think it's gonna have a, a lot of ramifications for. Uh, our main universe if we're if it's the 616 or whatever but i think it's going to affect that a lot i think i think this episode is huge for not just what happens in it but what it's going to happen after and for me the i like that the writers took the time to really think about all the options as doctor as stephen strange you know was driving um you know and trying to figure out every possible way to save uh paul dr palmer right christina but her name yes He's, try he's trying to save her. And, you know, the first time he went back on the road and he was driving a little bit slower. And I noticed that. And then he, I kept saying, well, why does he, you know, just stay home? And he did bring that one up and she didn't want to. Um, the fact that they were in that one restaurant and someone comes in with a gun. And even though they didn't show the gun go off, the fact that like, this is not just for kids. Like this is for, you know, audience of all ages, of course, because they didn't show the violence and the brutality of it and the, you know, the shooting. But the fact that they kind of alluded to it was kind of surprising to me. And but I'm glad that this show is taking risks like last week when they showed like the Hulk explode and all the Avengers die. These are things that we would never see in a Marvel film because it's too much of a risk. It's too much of a um, it would might turn off people from, you know, the fun, loving Marvel films. These are darker. They're more serious. They're more emotional. And I'm really glad like I'm, I'm hoping more people wa are watching it and not just turning away because it's animated. Um, Talk to me about the whole process and the big reveal that um, the Ancient One had created two Doctor Stranges in that moment. And, you know, do you, do you think we'll see the evil Doctor Strange again with how they left it? What are your thoughts about his version of the character? I was so shocked. I mean, there was always that thought in my head that that was maybe happening, possibly, that there was like maybe two uh, versions going on. I, I didn't really think it, but it was, ah, uh, <laughs> it's it definitely, I think... It's not the last time we've seen him, uh, whether it be, I don't actually, I don't know if we'll probably see it again in what in a future what if, but I think, I think we're seeing him again, either in the uh, Spider-Man or uh, the uh, Doctor Strange movie, Multiverse of Madness. I think definitely he's showing up. Like, I think there was a lot that happened in this, like I had said, where he is able to absorb those deities, those uh, beasts, or whatever they, the proper term is. And there were some that looked like, you know, I, I hate to say it, uh, but I'm going to say it. There was one that looked like Mephisto. And uh, I, I'm not even And there's also a point where he's using some powers that kind of look very nightmarish. So, you know, we've been looking everywhere for these two creatures ever since One Division. And so I don't think it's a coincidence that these little things keep popping up and they're here. And we have a very wild two movies coming up here pretty shortly that involve Doctor Strange. And uh, 
we watched the trailer from No Way Home, Doctor Strange is acting mighty weird. Could you imagine if, you know, everyone that's been shouting and clamoring for Mephisto since January with WandaVision, if that actually was revealed for the first time today and people might not have seen it because it's on What If, I think that would be amazing. And I like your theory because Doctor Strange looked like he was acting a little bit different than usual on when we saw him in that three-minute trailer. So hopefully we'll get some more clarification. The one other beast or spirit or whatever it was that he summoned at the end there, the last one was that um, the same beast that Red Skull was trying to get in the Captain Carter episode. So that's one of our first, one of our first crossovers, I would say, because, you know, a lot of these stories seem to be standing alone in their own timelines. And I know they're probably going to cross over eventually. So the fact that we're starting to see mm, some crossover, some tension, the way it ended too, with he's going to be like out for revenge, it seems against the watcher. And so they could even make this the evil Doctor Strange and how powerful he is and with all these different creatures in him. They could make that maybe the big bad of what if. And you're, that's why you're going to need Captain Carter. Maybe the Watcher has to finally intervene if, if Doctor this version of Doctor Strange keeps going on a rampage. And that's how we're going to get T'Challa. That's how we're going to get, you know, Nick Fury, everyone to team up against maybe evil Doctor Strange in the season finale. Just a speculation. Yeah, and I, I actually think with the watcher i think this definitely teased that i think this set into motion that because he says i can intervene but i am not i am told not to so i think this gave us the information that like he has the power to step in and do something which in my mind is telling the audience hey he's going to do something eventually it's not now but he will i had two other thoughts for you the first one is you know i really liked seeing the ancient one again pop up and how she popped up even after she was dead. Is that maybe a tease that we might see uh, Tilda Swinton again in Doctor Strange um, number two coming up next year, Multiverse of Badness, because it showed that she, even if she's dead, there could be like memories of her that could transpire time and space. That, I didn't even think about that. That is true. I mean, if things are going to get crazy, I mean, and if it is strange in the Spider-Man trailer and maybe he does make a bad decision, maybe it, we, we do need her to come back and maybe, you know, uh, guide the path again. Uh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's that's a really good point. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. Yeah, so I think that was a good episode. I'm excited for next week. I do like that it seems lately Disney Plus has been putting out um, character posters like a day or two before the episodes. So I think it was Monday or Tuesday they put out the Doctor Strange with his evil new look and cape. And so hopefully we'll get another tease next week and um, look forward to episode five to discuss. Definitely. I will just say one more thing. Uh, I really loved the idea of a fixed point and just the more continuation of the connection to Doctor Who. Like, yes, please. Thank you, Disney. I appreciate it. <laughs> and JG, before you go on with that fixed point, that was another thing I wanted to mention was, you know, they made the focus that no matter what he did, Christine had to die. Well, how come in the main timeline that we've been following, you know, throughout all the films, she wasn't in the car. She was not. She didn't die at that moment. So in the timeline that we're used to that, you know, he who remains supposedly orchestrated, Christine did not die. So it makes me wonder why in this, you know, timeline, no matter what, they made mm. sure to focus. She had to die. So I'm wondering if she's going to play a central part in um, the sequel next year, Multiverse of Madness, and if she might have to die at that point. And this was just getting us ready for it. That's interesting. I definitely my thought about that was that there's just it's two separate universes. So like there's a fixed point, but it's not her dying. Um, but it is interesting that 
in our universe, she is alive and spared, which has that potential that she could have something important down the road. I mean, for goodness sake, like if we can get, you know, Natalie Portman back to become Thor, anyone could come back and, and be have a part and do something like it, it. Marvel is crazy. Marvel has so many tricks up their sleeves. And yeah, I, I, I would be very intrigued to see. And I don't want to see her die, though. I've had enough heartbreak seeing her die like 20 times today. Please, I don't need a 21st time. Absolutely. But only time will tell, I guess. <laughs> no pun intended. And well, <laughs> as we wrap up our review, we are getting ready and excited for Shang-Chi getting released in just two days from our recording. And we thought we would have a fun time doing some predictions, which will be really wild since I have no clue what to expect. Uh, but Steven, do you have any thoughts? Anything that you could predict? <laughs> Yeah, I remember it was, um, you know, before the pandemic, I think it must have been summer, I think July of 2019. And Marvel, I think at Comic-Con did this big reveal of all like the phase four films and TV shows. And I remember listening to that. And the one that really, I mean, they all kind of caught my attention. But the one that I really didn't know a lot about from the comics, of course, was Shang-Chi. And the idea there being, you know, and the whole title, The Legends of the Ten Rings, the fact that in 2008, we see these 10 rings as the organization, the terrorist group that kidnaps Tony Stark. And then they pop up again in Iron Man 3 with the fake Mandarin, which we'll talk about a little bit later. And then the whole idea that even in Ant-Man, one of the um, the buyers of Hank Pym's or Darren Chris's particles, it has the 10 rings tattooed on his neck. So he's taking it to the real Mandarin. And then it's just like, this has been in the background as this group that's, I guess, important in the comics, but now they're really focusing on them now that we're kind of past the first three phases and we can dive into some of these, you know, I hate to say smaller characters because I think Shang-Chi is an important character in the comics from what I understand, but to give this movie a chance here with so much diversity, with a very, you know, awesome, like award-winning cast here, and then to further focus on this group, like the Ten Rings, I'm so excited to see hopefully some flashbacks, some cameos. I want to see like how the 10 rings have been in from what I understand, they've been around for thousands of years, but I especially want to see like in the past 20 years, what they've been up to behind the scenes and pulling strings during the other films. Like what is your background with Shang-Chi and what maybe based on the trailers, what are you most excited about for this new film? Yeah. So my background is none <laughs> at all. Um, I, you know, obviously I've definitely have seen, you know, the whole, the organization has just been creeping out in the background uh, being teased for so long. Uh, I watching the trailers though, it shocked me. I was like, oh, this is going to be something unique. This is going to be something special. And I think hearing all the just basic social media reviews from the people who saw it early, we do have something really special. And I think at one point, like it probably still right around there. It had like a 94% critic score. Like this is going to be an incredible film. I think it's going to shock a lot of people. And I think it's going to do something similar to Black Panther, where it's going to have a lot of word of mouth. And it's going to what's going to happen is the uh, the you know the diehards as super fans we're going to go with our friends and we're going to go see it opening weekend, and we're going to then tell all of our friends and family and it's going to just really travel really well. Uh, I'm just excited to meet a new character. It's it's exciting, you know. It's not every time every day we get to have a new character introduced to us on the big screen in the MCU. Um, it's been a while, and so to see this, it's going to be really exciting. And I'm just. I really hope that they go in with the mindset that um, 
this is a character that is going to be new for a lot of people. And so I hope that they don't get too bogged down with some of the details and they just let the character flourish on its own. Yeah. And the fact that this is the 25th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but you know, so many of those are team up films or sequels. We haven't had like a real standalone introductory film. And cause like, I know we just had black widow, but I don't count that cause we've seen her for years since Captain Marvel, I guess, would have been the last one in 2019. Wow. So the fact that, you know, we're going to see Shang-Chi here and it's going to open up anytime they introduce a new character, whether it's Captain Marvel, Ant-Man, um, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, anytime they introduce one of these new characters, we really start to get introduced to a whole new world because we're getting all these new side characters that are going to then pop up. Like, here's the awesome thing. These characters that are introduced to us this week we're going to see in Disney plus series, we're going to see in films like this is just the beginning of a franchise that's going to keep going for a franchise that started in 2008. And now we're just seeing a whole other corner. Um, let's talk. Cause again, I'm like you, I don't know much about Shang-Chi. Um, I'm excited to see the real Mandarin. I'm excited to see the, a few cameos that we know are going to be in it based on the trailer with abomination and Wong. So th- that's something we can talk about because when Iron Man 3 came out, um, I didn't know much about the real Mandarin, but I know that people weren't thrilled with that reveal and the twist that it was Trevor Slattery. And if you watch on Disney+, Plus, if you don't have the Iron Man 3 Blu-ray, they just put out the uh, All Hail the King this week on Disney+. Plus. So I'd highly recommend, if you have never seen that, it's about 14 minutes. Watch that if you can before you go and see Shang-Chi, because... It shows like how there's an agent from, I'm not going to spoil it, but there's an agent from um, the 10 rings that's trying to interview Trevor Slattery to kind of figure out his motive and everything. And it kind of almost leads into this. So hopefully we'll see Trevor Slattery in the film. That would be cool to pick up where that left off. Um, We're going to see abomination for the first time since the incredible Hulk 2008 and Wong just, I love Wong and he's going to pop up time and time again. And so out of those three characters, um, do you have, do you think they'll have, big screen time or I, I kind of think and I'm kind of hope that they have a little screen time so we let the new characters flourish and get to grow what about you yeah I think they're all gonna have very minimal um you know screen time I don't really think they're gonna really play huge factors at all I could be completely wrong but especially if like if I have like the focus being the villain of being like the Mandarin and all that then abomination is just you know I don't want to say a plot device to get to the end destination but it kind of is um unless they like really shock us and there's something crazy with abomination which marvel always does surprise us uh wong i think it's just gonna be some great just uh add a little bit of familiarity just like just that little bit um could connect to spider-man you know we saw him in that trailer maybe i don't know it could be a bridge between those films so uh yeah i'm i'm excited for them though I'm also excited for, you know, a lot of the Marvel films, not all of them, but some of them have that father-son dynamic. I think about Tony and Howard. I think about T'Challa and T'Chaka. And of course, with Peter and Yondu or um, Ego. And so, uh, and again, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, Odin and Thor. But anyhow, this is going to be, it looks like from the trailers, the father is this, you know, criminal leader, this terrorist leader of the Mandarin. And it looks like Shang-Chi is his son. And whether that's, you know, biological adopt, it doesn't matter. I want to know more of like, it looks like Shang-Chi has left and now is coming back. And so that dynamic there, you have someone that wants to do good with a father that only knows how to do bad. And I'm curious to see their relationship form. 
I would hope, and again, who knows, I would hope that we can assume Shang-Chi is going to survive. I would hope the Mandarin would also survive to give that story maybe time to grow instead of just being rushed into a two-hour film. But who knows? I mean, I'm, I'm excited because, like you said, this is a movie we're going into without a lot of information, whereas I feel like some of the sequels to other movies, we kind of know the characters, we know the, the locations. This is going to be a whole new world for us, and I can't wait to come out and hopefully then go see it again right afterwards. Yeah, and I think it's just exciting because, like, I just pulled it up here just to get some maybe a little bit more information. Interestingly, it says here, I don't have an exact source because I'm just using the good old Wikipedia, so trust it as you will. But uh, a film uh, based on Shang-Chi entered development in 2001. And so if that is true, that is 20 years later. Like, if the very early, early, early conceptual, like, the very basic idea of, of a thought, of a film was being created, like, you know not even like the logistics, but just the concept. That is crazy. And I've got one other thing to share too, because you probably have seen this online, that back in December 3rd, 2018, Simon Simu Liu, who plays Shang-Chi, he actually tweeted out, okay, at Marvel, are we going to talk or what? Hashtag Shang-Chi. So like he's been someone that's been pushing for this role. And I'm really excited that, you know, I think Marvel Studios is they listen to their fans. They want to make their fans happy. They want people to come out to the films, but they're also they are providing, you know, opportunities for, you know, diversity in their films. They're giving this actor a chance that asked for the role. And I'm sure they they, I'm sure they auditioned many actors, but they obviously picked the right person because Marvel has a good track record of picking talented actors for a talented cast. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think it's just we're we're so lucky. Like we have so many great actors and actresses that are just in in the MCU, and like we keep getting more and more. Like Marvel fans, we are spoiled. I think it'd be really fun to predict what we think we're gonna see for the post credit scene. I think that is always because that's the fun thing about the post credit scene is that they're there. But the thing is, is that they're very out of left field. They're not what you're gonna think. Like if you remember Black Widows. Uh, it won't spoil just in case somehow someone hasn't seen it. But that came out of nowhere, in my opinion. I was not expecting that. So what do we think that they could go for this one? That's a tough one. You know, without knowing where the movie ends, where the characters end up, um, it would be cool. You know, we're so early into phase four. The Avengers have kind of done their thing. Some of them are dead or moved on. You know, maybe we will get, who knows, they might bring Val back again, Julia Louise Dreyfus from Black Widow, from, from um, Falcon Winter Soldier. Maybe she'll pop up again to try to continue to build up her team. Um, maybe she'll pick out one of the characters from the movie, or maybe, maybe Shang-Chi will be um, coming into contact with an Avenger or someone else we know, and just to get him make that connection so we already have it going forward. Like, what do you think? Like, what else could they set up in the future? That's what I'm actually thinking. As because. This film, I feel, is going to be very grounded. It's going to be a very, it's going to be contained. You know, it's obviously going to have some, you know, connections to outside the MCU, you know, like Juan, Abomination, the organization itself. But I think that we're going to get, I think somehow he's going to meet someone. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be Fury because Fury's up in space right now. But I think it's going to be someone who's going to like basically open his eyes a little bit and be like, hey, guess what? There's like a lot more going on out here. And like, I don't know if it's going to be a necessarily like, hey, come help us out. Join the team type thing. But at the very least, it's going to be there's so much more going on. He's going to realize that there's 
the rest of the MCU, basically, whatever that is, whoever that character that he meets, it's gonna be from their perspective. I don't know though, because I feel like a lot of the characters are in proper places right now, so it's really hard. Uh, because I mean, obviously, we have like everything. Like, yeah, I just I don't know who it'd be because everyone's in their places right now. <laughs> do you think he was blipped, or do you think maybe he didn't have his powers yet, or just chose to not get involved? You know, with the whole Thanos thing, or like, where do you think he's been the past couple of years? Um, or will they explain that, or will they just say we're picking up right after this? Maybe show some flashbacks, but not touch upon why this possibly, I don't even know if he has a superpower yet at that point. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that'd be a really wild, cold intro. Just start out with like him unblipping kind of like what they did with Monica and WandaVision. Uh, that'd be, <laughs> that'd be wild. Uh, it takes place like present day time. I know a lot of people were thinking that this like takes place years and years ago, but it doesn't. It's present MCU. I think there will be flashbacks for the most part yes. though. It's going to be, I think after, well, with the timeline right now, the way it is, do you think it's going to be after what happened in Loki? And not that it, I don't think this will impact. I don't think there's going to be a lot of multiverse stuff in this one, but do you think it's after or before um, far from home slash no way home? Or do you think it's going to be, I guess, after that? I think it's before uh, no way home. Yeah. No way home uh, before no way home. And I think it's cause I think Eternals is also present to, to some degree because they're dealing with the after effects of the blip because they say, because of what has happened, it's with all the human, with everyone coming back, it's caused like the natural like disasters and the, and the such to happen. So I think this could be like happening, like kind of chronologically, there might be a little bit <laughs> timey why me going on, but you know, I feel like we're going to have to start a Doctor Who podcast for the next <laughs> season from all of our references tonight. Um, do you, speaking of Eternals, if you had to pick one, you can only see one this year and maybe one got pushed back to next year. Which one would you pick this year, Shang-Chi or Eternals? Oh, that's impossible. Because um, I have to wait a little bit for Eternals. Uh, we're not patient men, are we? No. Um, I probably would say the Eternals, but I only say that because I'm more into the cosmic the space and the kind of like that type of stuff don't get me wrong like this is so exciting this weekend and the type of film that i'm going to get to see but i just always lean more towards the space and that kind of stuff i think back to a year ago how i was complaining about not getting any new marvel content after we were so spoiled for 10 years before that and then 2021 started and it's been non-stop with very few breaks along the way and I think just looking at our schedule of what's coming up over the next two years and what even hasn't been announced yet, I'm just, we're very, very blessed to have so much great content coming our way for a series and a franchise that we love so much. But I cannot wait for Shang-Chi this weekend. I, I'm really going in with a blank slate and I feel like I'll, 24 hours from now when I walk out of the theater, I'm just going to be, my mind's going to be blown like it is every time I see a Marvel film. I haven't had one that's disappointed me. I'm just excited to have a whole new branch of the universe to look at and new characters to explore. So I'm just really excited and I can't wait till we can start talking about it on here. Definitely. I'm super excited. And like Steven said, we're going to be talking about uh, Shang-Chi, our initial thoughts, non-spoiler. Uh, so that way, if you haven't seen it and you're not crazy like us rushing out this weekend to see it, you know, you can take your time. It will have a full spoiler discussion uh, in the two weeks. So two, two Wednesdays. Uh, and we'll go deep into that. Uh, Steven, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about tonight? Any other final thoughts? No, I hope our um, listeners have started to follow along with us. I know 
we're brand new and we're slowly going to build up your trust and your following. And hopefully you join us each week and start sharing your thoughts because we'd love to interact with you. And hopefully we'll get your voices on this podcast as well. We're really excited. Um, we've been looking forward to this and it's a perfect time with a new movie and so much content right now. So Marvel is looking great and I'm glad to be doing this with you, JG. I am so glad to do it as well. That wraps up our second episode of Marvel Cast. We hope you enjoyed diving into the world of Marvel with us. We want you, the fans, to interact with the podcast. So we can't wait to hear your feedback and questions. So please email us any questions, thoughts, feedback, uh, theories, anything to marvelcastpod at gmail.com. That's M-A-R-V-E-L-C-A-S-T pod, P-O-D at gmail.com. There'll be more content and shows on the 1138 Productions Network, like the Star Wars Canon Podcast, and many more. More information is coming very soon. From Steven and I, have a marvelous week, and remember... I could do this all day.